Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banyer for Dr. Cindy Speaks, the Daily Diatribe for January 23rd, 2023. And this podcast is being recorded at 3.53 p.m. So in the news, we had a terrible mass shooting over this weekend in Monterey Park, California. The target was a Lunar New Year party that was attended by many Asian Americans, over there in the predominantly Asian American city of Monterey Park. The perpetrator was actually caught today after he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and it appeared to be a 72-year-old Asian man himself. So another day, another tragic shooting in the United States. And it seems as though the weapon that he had was one that was banned in California. So he got the weapon from some other source. Make no mistake, though, that the legal gun trade in the United States fuels the illegal gun trade across state lines, as well as fueling the international gun trade, both legal and illegal. There is lots of money to be made in arms sales, and the United States is more than happy to be there. And another friendly reminder that it is the guns. Other countries that are similar to the United States in socioeconomic status that have stricter weapons regulations do not see the same level of gun violence, homicide, and mass shootings that we see here in the United States. Unfortunately, is something that we have come to be more too comfortable in trading away our right to safety and security for the right of a few to have a lot of high-powered weaponry that can be used and is most often used in very impulsive situations, also exacerbating our self-inflicted gunshot wound suicide rates here in the United States. So thinking of those in California today and the family and the community that has been affected once again by gun violence. Other news, we saw more Biden docs coming out. It is a good situation that the lawyers for Joe Biden have been so diligent in looking to ensure that there are no errant documents in place in his offices and home. These documents, what we know is there were a handful of them. We do not know the types of classification or the content of those documents or how long, in fact, they had been around. It is not uncommon for those high-level government officials like Joe Biden, who had been part of the Senate as well as vice president, who have access to classified materials to have them errantly placed. What is most important is that once they are found, they are turned over immediately so that they can be secured. And this is exactly what the Biden administration done. So I'm not going to be entertaining any further thoughts or comparisons to Donald Trump, who stole documents and then kept them and then fought the Justice Department, fought the National Archives, lied about them so he could conceal that he had them. And that is a totally different situation. Trump is a liar and a crook. 
And we cannot take simple human error and compare it to somebody who wanted to use the United States government to enrich themselves in the way that Donald Trump has. Moving on from here, we got additional news today that three Oath Keepers and one of their associates have been convicted of seditious conspiracy in relation to the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol through their coordinated efforts to stop the transition, the peaceful transition of power between Donald Trump and Joe Biden after he won the 2020 election. This is yet another legal blow to Donald Trump and his traitorous friends who believed that it was just fine and just an act of political free speech that they trounce into the U.S. Capitol, beat up police officers, and steal and deface our legislators' offices and the People's House in Congress. So that was ridiculous on face from the very beginning, and now we are seeing the legal consequences for it. So I am very happy that the guilty verdicts came down for these Oath Keepers. All traders need to be held accountable, and this is a step in the right direction because we know that January 6th was a trial run for a future coup. So if we do not hold those who are responsible from top to bottom accountable for their actions on January 6th and the desire to disrupt the will of the people and the transfer of power after a peaceful and secure election, then we will see it happen again. And make no mistake, there are people waiting in the wings who want to do this again. We need to have these consequences and these guilty verdicts by the Oath Keepers are just another example of that. So I applaud the folks involved in this. I applaud the Department of Justice for being able to secure this guilty verdict. And I hope that these men who were involved will actually be brought to justice and we won't just see a further dragging out of the proceedings and appeals and things like that. Even though we know that those are going to come, I hope that they will stand and the American people will be vindicated in our desire to see our systems stand and to see democracy stand and to make sure that our judicial system follows through and holds those that want to destroy our democracy accountable. That is what is important here. And we will continue to look forward to the Department of Justice as they continue to look into the January 6th committee report that directly points to Donald Trump as being a main actor and coordinator in those January 6th attacks on the U.S. Capitol. So hoping that the Department of Justice will continue to do their work there. Otherwise, here in Florida, we're still reeling from the DeSantis bans last week. And now he is continuing to talk about COVID because he might as well talk about COVID so he can distract from the other things that are going on here in Florida. So he errantly, not just errantly, but purposefully talked about vaccines and said that they did not work, that the bivalent vaccines actually cause the vi the COVID virus, which is not true. So once again, Ron DeSantis is caught in a lie to the detriment of the people of the state of Florida. So this is an ongoing case with Ron DeSantis because he wants to seem vindicated in his free Florida actions and mitigate any of the problems with COVID and the deaths that it caused and try to cause confusion as to why folks may have died. 
That's why we saw and see the continued persecution of whistleblowers like Rebecca Jones, and who was in charge of the COVID dashboard during the early days of COVID before she refused to abide by Ron DeSantis's desires to lie to the people about the severity of COVID. So that was another thing that's going on here with Ron DeSantis and his completely bullshit made up free state of Florida. Another big thing that happened this weekend here in Florida was a very large rally in Tallahassee was held in remembrance of what would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Of course, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the far-right extremist Supreme Court with the supermajority of Republicans and conservatives that had been appointed by Donald Trump, specifically to overturn abortion rights in the United States, by the way. And that was turned over last summer it, it, with the Dobbs decision. So last week was the March for Life in Washington, D.C., which is a gathering of anti-abortion activists, and they praise the death of women for the hopes of life with babies and apparently without their mother. And those activists were celebrating. Meanwhile, sound-minded people across the United States were mourning the loss of their freedoms with the access to reproductive health care being rolled back across the country, including here in Florida, where the legislative session coming up is promising even more strict restrictions on abortion access here in the United, in Florida. So the rally was put together by Planned Parenthood and other pro-choice activists across the state, including Women's March. And Vice President Kamala Harris came to Tallahassee in support of reproductive freedom. And lots of folks gathered in the Capitol to let the, their voices be heard that we are not going to go quietly into our own bondage here in the state of Florida. So kudos to those who were able to make it to Tallahassee this weekend and look forward to more protests from people just like me and other folks who are not willing to allow the government to come in between us and our necessary health care. That is a decision between a woman and her provider on the type of medical care that she may need. And it affects people of all different kinds, anyone who can become pregnant, at any age they can become pregnant, and even those who are no longer carrying a viable child. The same procedures that are used for care after a miscarriage are the ones that are used for abortion. So if you start trying to legislate what is going on with early pregnancy, you start getting into some variable territory in terms of how to treat a pregnancy that has miscarried. And again, these are difficult things and they should be taken care of by patients and providers. So that is the end of my daily diatribe for day today. This has been Dr. Cindy Banier, and we'll see you next time on Dr. Cindy Speaks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanier.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanier.com. We love connecting with people.